0: Good morning and welcome to the Lakers Lowdown. I'm Anthony Irwin. Uh, today on the show, well, the entire NBA went completely bat-check crazy and none of it really affected the Lakers. So that's got to be some kind of a record. Let's start with Jason Kidd being a candidate now for the New Orleans Pelicans job as well as the Orlando Magic job. And that's Really puts some funny business on (laughs) the whole, hey, Damian Lillard wanted Jason Kidd. Jason Kidd uh, seemed cool with it at the time and then dropped out of it randomly after something happened in Portland and he was no longer considered a candidate for Portland. The explanation at the time that Jason Kidd gave wasn't great. Uh, It didn't make very much sense. The fact that he is now interested in two other lesser, by the way, jobs uh, would would seem to indicate to me that we didn't get the full story there. There is there are a few rumors kind of floating around regarding that full story. I just don't think we're ever going to get them definitively reported, which is kind of a bummer. Uh, But but suffice it to say that if Jason Kidd is on the Lakers bench next season, it won't be because he didn't try to leave. Now, the most interesting, wildest story that has taken place thus far in the postseason slash early offseason for some of these teams has been everything that's been going on with the Dallas Mavericks organization. You had the report from Tim Cato and Sam Amick of The Athletic uh, that said, that's, you know, reported that Bob Volgaris, their lead analytics thinker, was overstepping his job role according to Luka Doncic uh, to the point where Luka wasn't very comfortable with how things were going there and uh, and and where it was regards to personnel decisions, whether it went so far as to lineup decisions, stuff like that, that Bob Vulgaris was was uh, too loud a voice in the room for some in the organization. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Mark Cuban comes out and calls the report complete bullshit, uh, which to me signaled that it wasn't bullshit. It felt overcompensatory at the time. And then now after this morning, you find out that uh, Donnie Nelson was let go and Haralobob followed him uh, out the door, that there was probably some credence to the reporting. How far that reporting went in telling the truth, what version of the truth is is actually out there, uh, that remains to be seen. But still, Mark Cuban denying it that viscerally uh, was was, to me, a signal of truth more than it was, Oh, this was complete bullshit. Uh, so so that's something to keep in mind as we get into, leak season and denial season and (laughs) can neither or confirm neither confirm nor deny season all of that uh that's going to be part of the next couple months part of the lingo the next couple months and and this was a good lesson in how to read between the lines as some of these things come to fruition now how i'm going to link this to the lakers Remember back when Magic Johnson stepped down and there was a list of names that were tied reportedly to the Lakers as candidates that they might potentially consider, candidates that would show interest if the Lakers met them halfway. It was Masai Ujiri. It was... uh, Bob Myers. It was any any number of executives who made more sense than what at the time the Lakers appeared to be doing, which was just kind of floundering around, floundering around, and and not really making any kind of a decision. Eventually, Rob Polinka gets the job, and uh, the Lakers land on their feet and eventually win a championship. So uh, that that is in and of itself an interesting kind of juxtaposition to what we saw in Dallas where the Lakers very easily could have. And this was something that I myself was clamoring for at the time. The Lakers very easily could have gone out and gotten a Bob Myers. They could have gone out and gotten a Masai Ujiri and just gave them the godfather offer, brought them in-house, and and maybe things go differently from there on out. right? Uh, or and what they chose to do was stick with somebody who they were more comfortable with in, in Rob Palenka. And, and this, to me, is interesting as we saw Bob Bulgaris, a very talented thinker in the gambling forum. I would argue that those skills in gambling might not carry over as, as well as one might think. As in gambling, you are just competing against the, the bookies. You aren't necessarily competing against other gamblers. Whereas in the NBA, you are competing directly with your competition, right? The other teams. Uh, so that's a little different. And then also in gambling, there isn't as much a human element to it. If you believe in your stats, if you believe in your data, and you're going to make a bet based on that data, you can make that bet. That's, that's your call. It's your money. It's you against the, the, the bookies. Whereas in a front office... You have to get together with the scouting department. You have to get together with the head coach. You have to get together with your superstar or superstars. In Dallas's case, it's just the one superstar. And and in, in, in this scenario here, we saw the latest example of somebody being really, really good at one thing, and then they're being hoped that that person would be really, really good at something else, and it's just not necessarily working out. Uh, Now, to bring it back to the Lakers, I I think where I would be really kind of curious to see, you know, to to just kind of dive into the brain of the decision makers at that time, I would love to figure out how high a priority it was for the Lakers to bring somebody back that they were comfortable with. That seemed very important to them. Genie Buss has said specifically that it was very important, but... I would love to see on a scale of 1 to 10, or, or if you were to break up a pie chart, what the candidates that they were trying to figure out or, or trying to bring in, where, where familiarity rested in terms of top priorities. As we saw in Dallas, Donnie Nelson was in that organization, headed that organization for years, decades. He has been there longer. He has been a Dallas Maverick longer than Mark Cuban has owned the team. So what I would love to, to point out to you guys is that Mark Cuban brings in a very talented person in Bob Vulgaris. And Bob Vulgaris apparently did not fit in with the structure that they had in place there. And and you know, part of that also, part of that onus also falls on the structure there to welcome the talent. As it comes in, it's, it's it's something that everybody needs to participate in and sacrifice in. As Marcus all said in that quote that I gave you guys yesterday on the show. So, I, what, what I what I mean to say here is the Lakers stuck with familiarity, and that familiar familiarity allowed Rob Polinka and Jeannie Bus and the Ramby, and then by extension LeBron James and to a certain extent Rich Paul. Frank Vogel, everybody involved here seems closer to the same page than we have seen in Dallas. And, and while Rob Palenka might not be as talented an executive as, say, Masai Ujiri, or as we've seen with, with Bob Myers when he put together that first, uh, that, that insane Golden State team, While he might not necessarily be as talented, there is value in having somebody who will fit into the organization as it's trying to work and not try to bend it to his will in a less efficient way. And as we saw in Dallas, we've seen those fireworks go off, and we are now seeing an organization a little bit more nervous about keeping Luka Doncic around as, say, the Lakers – who know that LeBron and Anthony Davis are going to be around for at least the next few years. All right, last thing here before we get out of here. There were a couple more injuries, and I would love to continue to pile on uh, Adam Silver and the and the Players Union. And, and instead of doing that, I would just love to ask, hey, if y'all could do it over again, would you— rethink some of the decisions that you're making not even with the benefit of hindsight right we know how things have played out and it's a lot easier to just continue to dump on everybody involved but also from the perspective of hey the, you've done a ton of studies on how important health is and how important and and how important rest is for the league and and yet you ignored it in this from the standpoint LeBron James goes on a multi-tweet rant talking about how he knew how this was probably going to play out. A lot of people knew how this was probably going to play out. And instead of of definitively planting my flag in the ground and saying it's those guys' fault, I would just like to know, would you do it again? Would you make those decisions again? And at some point this offseason, somebody's going to have to ask those questions to Adam Silver to Michelle Roberts, to Chris Paul, to all of the people who made these decisions. Because somebody needs to answer for the absolute mockery that this postseason has been as bodies have been literally trampled on to collect the dollars at the end of this rainbow. All right, that's going to do it for this episode of the Lakers Lowdown. I'm Anthony Irwin saying have a great rest of your day. Make somebody else's, and we will talk to you tomorrow. Or I could talk to you it, like right now if you haven't listened to an episode of the Lakers Lounge, uh, a special episode of the Lakers Lounge that Jacob Roode and I recorded uh, to react to the Stan Van Gundy firing, to everything that went on in longer form than this. So enjoy that. Hit that subscribe button. Hit that review button. And we will talk to you guys again tomorrow.